Do you know God? Simple question. Complicated answer, right? What does it mean to know God? And how much has he really revealed about himself? A lot of people have opinions about God, who he is, how he behaves, what he's going to do or not do for you, how he expects you to behave. A lot of people will tell you a lot of things about God. But today, I'm going to take you straight to scripture. And I am going to teach you from one of my favorite apostles. But first, introductions. Need a faith boost? You're in the right place. Faith for Her is your place to come for faith-building encouragement and scriptural truths that you can apply to your everyday life. Whether you are one that opens your Bible and struggles to understand, or one who reads the Word every day and is just unsure how to apply it to your everyday life, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Katie Wynn. I've been teaching Bible studies to large groups of women for over five years, and I am passionate about building women up in their faith through biblical literacy. Teaching God's Word and encouraging women in their faith is my ministry, but I also work for a marketing agency and homeschool my littles. I believe that faith can be applied to all areas of our lives, and I want to help you do just that. Get ready for some hope that can only be found in Jesus. It's time for Faith Boost. I went and had coffee uh, with the kids recently. Sometimes as we're doing our homeschool, we need a change of scenery. So we went to this cute little coffee shop in town that I hadn't been to in a very long time, um, but thought it would be a nice place for us to just go get some schoolwork done. And I brought my laptop so I could get my work done while the kids were working on some things of their own. Anywho, while we were there, um, I ran into someone I knew, um, and there was another woman with her whose face I recognized, but I didn't know who it was. And she said, Katie, I know you. And I said, you do? And she said, yes, from Bible study. Um, And so I think I've mentioned it in the past, but I used to teach Bible study um, at Saddleback Church for Saddleback Women. I was with women's ministry for almost six years. And the reason I didn't recognize her was because it's a huge church. And so we would have hundreds of women every week that would come to Bible study. Um, And so while I would recognize faces, I didn't always get the opportunity to get to know people, which um, it's fine. It's a blessing to serve so many people, but it's also disappointing because I am so relational. And so when someone says, I know you, and I can't say I know you too. It breaks my heart. So anyhow, we had a chance to sit and chat for a few minutes, which was really sweet. And she said to me, um, there's something that you taught that I always think about. So every time I read my Bible now, I think about this. And I said, okay, well, what is it? And she said, you told us that whenever we are reading scripture to look for the character of God. And so that's what I try to do now. 
And you guys, that just tickled my heart because I am in this season where I am a little bit anxious because I am going to be releasing my first Bible study next year. Um, I've, uh, I'm working on the final edits. I've already sat down and done the Bible study with a small group of women with the first draft of the workbook. And now I'm going to put in final edits and I'll release it next year. But there's a lot of like, I don't want to say discouragement and I don't want to say fear because those are awful words, but those are the things that come. All of the self-doubt, all of the, is this good enough? It, am I honoring God's word properly? And and I know I am. That's why I did this with a test group. Um, but there's just a lot of insecurity, I guess, with releasing my first Bible study. And God knows that. And so he allowed me to meet with this woman who just spoke a little word of encouragement into me to remind me, Katie, this is what I've called you to do and just keep walking down that path. And so today I want to share with you from scripture, um, from the book of Ephesians, which is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I'll say that about every book of the Bible, <laughs> but uh, Ephesians, let me give you a, a little preface of the book here, and then I'm going to read just a small portion of scripture. And we're going to talk a little bit about the character of God today and who God is. And so first I want to tell you that Ephesians was written by Paul and Paul he is like my homeboy. Is that weird? Is that cringy? Homeboy? It's pretty old. I'm dating myself. Anywho, I really like Paul because I love his run-on sentences. I love his long-winded explanations of God and salvation. I love how he gets passionately lost in these rabbit trails as he's trying to talk about the hugeness and the glory of God and how we're to respond to that as human beings. I love the passion of Paul. So the book of Ephesians starts out with Paul describing who God is and how great he is and how rich his blessings are. And so I'm going to read some of that to you today. And then I'm going to give you some commentary to just sort of break it down a little bit of notes that I took as I studied this word and what stood out to me. But what I really want to hone in on at the end of our time, our short time together are the three prayers in Ephesians that Paul, um, Paul did that Paul prayed. <laughs> he actually prayed as he was writing the book of Ephesians. And he did this three times. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before, but I really want to hone in on what did he pray for? And so let's just start by reading a little bit of scripture. Let's hear from Paul himself about God's rich blessings in Ephesians 1, uh, starting in verse 3. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us and the beloved one. Okay, I told you that Paul likes to speak in these long, run-on, beautiful sentences. <laughs> but what is he saying here? Paul is telling us that God is deserving of all glory. So he is offering praise because God has given us everything in Christ Jesus. 
meaning that he has given us a relationship with himself. Unholy people separated from God, he has made a way through Jesus Christ to make us right with himself. So now we can stand holy before a holy God with Jesus right there in the middle who's done all the work for us. But what this is telling us in this scripture is that was always his plan. His plan was always to be in perfect union and relationship with us, which means he also knew that Adam and Eve were about to sin as soon as they entered the earth, because it says that before the foundation of the world, he predestined us to be adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the one that did all of the work for us to be right with God. And this was always the plan of God before we were even here. I hope you hear the heart of God there. God did not create man to look down on a fishbowl and say, let's see what happens. God created man. God created you to be in relationship with him. That's always been the goal. All right, so then it goes on to talk about Jesus um, and, and the work that he did for us. And this is starting in Ephesians 1, 7. In him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. Friend, do you have an understanding God? If anyone has ever told you, ooh, God cannot tolerate that, ooh, that sin's too big, or if you've told yourself those things, right here in Ephesians 1, chapter, uh, verse 8, it says that we have a God who is understanding. Verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ. You guys, I circled in his, in his good pleasure because God delights in redeeming us. God delighted in redeeming us from the beginning. He delighted calling you into faith through Jesus Christ. But he also delights in redeeming ongoing. When we become Christians, there's still plenty to be redeemed in our lives. I wish I could say that as soon as I put my faith in Jesus, I never sinned again and I never will. That's not true. It's not true for any of us because we are fallen and broken, living in a broken world. That's why we need Jesus Christ as our intercessor, the right-hand side of the throne, telling God, hey, turn your eyes from their sin because I have already died for that. It's already paid for. They have put their faith in me. Now, before you think that that just gave you permission to sin, I will remind you that it is also Paul who says, just because of that, does that mean we keep on sinning? No. But what I can tell you is that Jesus has already done the work for us, and it was God's good pleasure that that, was, that would be the way of things. God takes pleasure in redeeming us, and he takes pleasure in those little steps along the way. As our sanctification process goes along, sanctification means our process of becoming more like Jesus. And so as we put our faith 
in Jesus and we continue to follow God, we read our scripture, the Holy Spirit is going to keep convicting us in different ways so that we can grow as spiritual beings. And that is the process that God is happy to continually redeem in us, continually help us to become more like Christ through the Holy Spirit until one day Jesus will return and make all things new and all things perfect and fully redeem all of heaven and all of earth. Okay, back to scripture. It says in verse 11, in him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works everything in agreement with the purpose of his will so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. All right, you might again be saying, Katie, that was way too many words. What are you talking about? I'm reading scripture first, but I will tell you what I'm talking about here. What Paul is trying to get across is that when we put our faith in Jesus, we were given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that I just talked about a second ago is the one that's going to help us become more like Jesus. He's the one that's going to help us remember the word of God when we're struggling. He is the one when you are walking through something and a Bible verse smacks you in the face, that's the Holy Spirit. He is the one where you don't know what way to go and suddenly you are enlightened and the path forward is there for you. That's the Holy Spirit. What he is saying is that Holy Spirit, that gift of the Holy Spirit that helps us to know the heart of our God and helps to guide us down our path as we walk out our faith is our down payment to our inheritance, which is in heaven. The fact that we have the Holy Spirit should build our faith because that is a gift that God has given us for now until we get to be with him in eternity. It's this, this assurance that yes, you put your faith in Jesus and now you can see this transformation in yourself because of the Holy Spirit. If we ever need an assurance of our faith, that our faith is real, it's the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us that is proof of that. And how kind of our Father for us who are so doubting human beings to give us that gift. But that gift was for so much more than ourselves. That gift is for building the church. So I told you I was going to talk about Paul's prayers. And what's really interesting, when we think about prayer, we often will think about what are things that we need help with? What are things that are going on in our life that God can fix for us? What are answers that we need that God can answer for us? Um, what is the um, sick friend that we need to pray for? Uh, what is the financial decision that we need God to advise us for, right? So we have all these different things that we pray for. Paul didn't pray for any of those things, and he prayed three times in the book of Ephesians. I want to tell you what he did pray for. Paul's first prayer, you'll find in Ephesians 1, and his first prayer is a prayer for knowing God. That's it. He prays that believers 
will know God. So in Ephesians 1.17, it says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. God can be known, friend. God wants to be known by you. And He has given you the Holy Spirit that is going to give you wisdom and revelation so that you can know God. And this is what Paul prayed for. He prayed for the believers to have this wisdom and revelation of God. Why? Because it would build their faith. Have you ever prayed for the wisdom and revelation of God? I encourage you to, because really it's this wisdom, it's this revelation that is going to guide us in all of the decisions that we need to make in our lives. It's what's going to help us accept when we can't find the answers or we can't fix things or when we suffer great losses. When we have a revelation in the wisdom of God, we are able to walk through those things with grace and faith. All right, Paul's second prayer we actually find in chapter 3, verse 14. Paul's second prayer is a little more wordy, (laughs) and he's praying for the following things. I'll read the verse to you in just a second. But he is praying for believers to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit, rooted in love towards each other, that they would understand and experience the love of Christ, and that they would be filled with all that God has to offer. And I wonder if we ever pray that prayer. Are we praying that God would fill us with all that he has to offer? Oftentimes we'll we'll make a list of all the things that we think are best to pray for. But goodness sakes, if we have the wisdom of God and the revelation of who God is, then we know that whatever he has to offer is way more than we could ever ask for. And so what a beautiful way to pray that instead of, God, here's my list, please check it all off for me. Instead, God, here's my life, fill it with all that you have to offer. All right, let's read Paul's second prayer. Again, it's in Ephesians 3, verse starting in verse 14. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? All right. So the last prayer that Paul prays is actually in Ephesians 6. And we know Ephesians 6 as um, putting on the armor of God. A lot of us know that passage. So at the end of that, where we're talking about putting on the armor of God, here's what Paul says. Paul says, this is actually a call to prayer. So he's not praying anymore. He's done some praying. And now he's saying, saints, your turn. And here's how you should pray. Pray at all times all times. Always be praying. (laughs) That's hard. Or it's not. 
because prayer is not sitting quietly and folding your hands or getting on your knees. It is those things. Prayer, though, is talking to God. Prayer is being in constant communication with the one who created you. And how do we do that? It says here, chapter 6, verse 18, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Okay, so here's what it is. He's saying pray for each other. He's saying make your requests known to God. He's saying intercede for the saints. So we are to pray, of course, ask for the things that we want for our lives and we need in our lives. But it says that we are to pray for each other. Intercessory prayer is when we step in on someone else's behalf and make prayers for them to God. And Paul was suffering for spreading the gospel. So he was asking Ephesus to pray for him. He had a tight relationship with his church as he had pastored them um, for a few years. And he he's asking them, you know me, pray for me. I need to be bold as I continue to go out there and spread the gospel. But he said also pray for each other. Persevere in praying for each other. Friend, do we persevere in praying for each other or do we pray once and be done? Check. We did that prayer request. What's the next one? We have to persevere on each other's behalf until God moves on each other's behalf. What if we prayed like that, church? Could you imagine? Here's what I learned and here's the note that I made as I studied this particular prayer. Prayer is our weapon for unity in the church and the perseverance of the saints. When we pray for each other, that is the greatest act of love. So God has said, pray in the Holy Spirit. He spoke through Paul saying, pray at all times in the spirit. I've given you the Holy Spirit and he is going to help you to pray for each other. He is going to help you to pray for perseverance. Just like the church at that time was praying for Paul to persevere in spreading the gospel, that's what we're to do now. We're to pray for our friend who may be struggling in their faith. We're to pray for our friend who is facing the hardest trials because the enemy is at their door trying to knock down their faith. We are to pray for our friends that are called to be a witness to the nations, that they would be bold, just like Paul was, in preaching the gospel. We are to pray for our pastors. We are to pray for the person who sits next to us in the pew, who we have forgotten their name 10 times. <laughs> because that's what we do, don't we? We go to church. We say our prayers. We go to church. We say our prayers. And we forget that prayer is also meant for that person sitting next to us in the pew. We are to intercede on their behalf. And so I just want to encourage you today, know who God is, how much he loved you, that it was his good pleasure that he would have the redemption of your soul in mind before you were even born, that he's an understanding God, that you can come to him for anything. 
and that he has given you the Holy Spirit as a down payment so that you could be assured that he has a place for you in all eternity next to him. And we have this because of Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross for us. And because of this knowledge of God, then we can be bold in approaching him in prayer. We can pray for knowledge and understanding. We can pray to know him and have a revelation of who God is. And then we can ask him for all of the fullness, all of the things that he has for us. And let's not grow weary in praying for each other, friends. Prayer builds the church. It is our weapon against the enemy. So make sure you pick that weapon up and you use it. God has given us a tool to fight our battles and to fight battles for our friends and fellow believers. I hope this has blessed you and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you walk away with a faith boost that puts a little spring in your step. I'd love to connect with you on social media. I'm on both Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, it's Faith For Her and Instagram, it's Katie Wynn, Faith For Her. I want Instagram a little bit more where I share little faith boosters in my squares. I love to write and so you'll find words of encouragement on the regular over there in addition to pictures of my life. So I homeschool my kids. You'll see my family. I love to be in the kitchen and the garden and I love to be outdoors. So I'd love to get to know you a little bit better over on Instagram too. So I'll put links to my social channels down in the show notes and until the next episode, be blessed and be encouraged.